Awesome. Hey, Sam. Good day. How are you, sir? Pretty good, Scott. How are you doing? Really well. Um, catching up with you guys. Uh, this is the Old Men Running Podcast, and we are on podcast number seven. And uh, Sam and I are going to talk to you today about uh, race recaps for the month of November, upcoming races to bring us out till the end of the year. And then we just thought we would talk a little bit about racing and running superstitions and traditions. Uh, as runners, we all kind of have some beliefs and things that we do to, that we think are going to help us. And uh, we're just going to get our, you know, we'll just ask some questions and see what we think about some of the superstitions or traditions that we follow. And then uh, lastly, we want to talk about, you know, since today, we're as of this recording, we are recording on November 24th, which in the United States is also called Black Friday. It's not a holiday, but it's the day that uh, lots of people do shopping and lots of sales. So maybe Sam and I will also talk about the inundation of adverts that we've seen for running products. And perhaps we've succumbed to some of those and made a purchase. I certainly did make one purchase, I think. And uh, okay. we'll, talk, we'll talk about the... Um, the Black Friday purchase that I made, that oh, was already, yeah, I bought it last week, so it, it already arrived and I've used it, and it's uh, it's running related, but it's not just for runners. So we'll talk about that in a few moments. Okay. So, uh, so the last episode since the last episode, um, I completed the New York City Marathon. That was done. Cowbell, ding, ling, ling. And congratulations and, uh, on that. Thanks. If you're watching this on the video, you can see here the medal is in my hand. This is my personal medal. Um, they didn't buy it on eBay. Um, they gave this to me after four hours and 37 minutes was about my time. Uh, pretty okay with that time. Uh, you know, as we talked about last, it's coming off of injury and limited training um, for this race. So it was really like, oh, I'd have a good time and give a lot of high fives and i did that just that um smiled the whole time um from beginning to end it was just electric the amount of people on both sides of the street um the signs and the cheering was the most incredible experience i mean you, it was and it just went on and on and on it, it, it didn't last 10 minutes it was the whole entire race well, that's was, awesome yeah just the, the support and the, you know, the party that the people celebrate the fact that um, all these runners are running through their, their city was uh, just incredible. So uh, as I said earlier, it's you know, probably the second best thing I've ever done. And probably the best thing was uh, marrying my wife. And that's uh, because that's made my wife, my life fantastic. So that was the, probably the best day. And, finishing the, your first New York City Marathon <laughs> is is number two. Um, and there were many more people at the marathon than there were at my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was great. Everything about it was great. Um, uh, didn't finish the way, you know, finished with a little bit of pain, but uh, I still got it done and I'm very happy with my accomplishment. Yeah, and you did an excellent job. Thank you. Thank you. It was so much fun. So if you do get the opportunity uh, before you get as old as I do, um uh, go experience it um spectating it is is really great and if i don't run it in the future i i am strongly considering you know getting on the sideline and, and cheering on the runners because it was just that exciting yeah that's awesome. awesome 
Yeah. Well, give us a little give us a little breakdown of uh, the New York City Marathon on as in your eyes. Yeah. What you did. Yeah. So, you know, of course, you always say, you know, number one rule, start out conservative. Right. And what's kind of hard to do with all these people around you and just the excitement. The good news about New York City is it starts uphill. So you almost don't have an option to go out too fast. Um, you're running straight uphill to the top of the Verrazano Bridge, um, which is about a mile. And uh, I thought I took it easy, but my pace was up there. Um, probably my average pace was my first mile. So uh, getting over the bridge was pretty awesome. People were smiling and lots, and the weather was great. Um, you know, we're able to run in shorts and a singlet. It was in the mid fifties by nice. the time I started. Um, I skipped the whole thing about the start village, but that was well organized as well. It was like a little city of people because they just had you hang out in different color um, villages. Um, so that everybody wasn't all together. They were like, you can think of there was a start village for a race there, that times three, because there were three different start villages with thousands of people in each. So I was in the blue village and uh, hung out there for the, the hour or so that I, um, before my start time, before I needed to get into the corral. Uh, my corral went off and uh, my corral was called in at about 10.30 a.m. And then we, the, the cannon goes off at 10.55 for, for that wave. That was the fourth wave. Um, there's a pro wave and then there's wave one, um, one two, three um, before me. Okay. And so, um, yeah, going off at that time was great. It was a little bit warmer and um getting over the bridge was exciting you get into brooklyn and it gets really loud and there's music and people and all the way through uh, running through brooklyn then getting into queens queens was a little bit hillier you do go over a little bridge to get from brooklyn to queens and queens is pretty short you hit you hit up the 13 mile distance in queens so you're halfway done when you're in queens Okay. And then uh, then comes the hard the hardest challenge of the race is got for me was going over the Queensborough Bridge. Um, everybody told me that it was going to be tough. It's not a very high elevation change to that bridge, but it's long and quiet. You know, it's the first time that you don't hear any spectators. You don't hear any cheering. You know, they don't allow people on the bridge, so you don't hear your name, you don't hear go. It's, you have the thoughts to yourself and you start contemplating, why am I doing this? This hurts. Right. <laughs> so I, you, know, you know, and you, you, know, you can't turn around because you're on a bridge. So you got to keep going. And, um, and so you, you, you push through, you get to the top of the bridge and then it's a little bit downhill. And then as you get closer to the end of the bridge, you start hearing some more noise because right at the base of the bridge is First Avenue in Manhattan. Um, the you know, your third borough or your fourth borough that you're going into because you started out in Staten Island. So you get into Manhattan and then you hear the cheers of First Avenue as you come around the little bend. You have to turn a little bit and then make your way to First Avenue, which is a, a, one of the longer stretches um, that you're on, about four miles. And there's a lot of cheering on that. First Avenue is really a wide street in Manhattan. So you know, on both sides of the street, there are lots and lots of people. Um, I tend to hang hung to the side, um, just, you know, closer to the edges rather than in the middle. And um, mm -hmm. 
mostly because I can maybe see somebody that I know or if somebody knew me, I'd hear their names. Um, I also have my name on my on my bib, so uh, people were cheering, go Scott, go Scott. That's cool. Funny story was uh, somewhere in Brooklyn, I'll go back to this for a second. Someone was, the people were yelling, go Scotty. Yeah, yeah, Scotty. And I'm thinking, why are they saying Scotty when my, it clearly just says Scott. And I ran up ahead a little bit and I looked to a guy next to me and he had Scotty on his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I said, That's oh, they, they weren't cheering for me at all. <laughs> and I, I said, go Scotty. And he looked at me and just smiled. <laughs> so yeah that was amusing um and uh yeah the rest was great getting into central park after going up first avenue and then going through the bronx which was kind of the dark side for me where i started feeling a little bit fatigued and my muscles started to cramp started feeling some weaknesses in my legs that slowed me down after the bridges um you go through harlem harlem is a party Everybody is out in Harlem. They're dancing and they're handing you shots of beer and, and alcohol. And, but they're also orange slices and bananas. So the people come out and they kind of support you. They're not part of the race. They just hand out. So I, I took a couple of, uh, I took an orange slice and a banana. So I had some fruit there um, during the run. And that was pretty exciting. Um, then you get into Fifth Avenue, which is the drudge. It's uphill. Um, so that's a tough part of the run. Um, but it's exciting again, uh, lots of people. Towards the end of Fifth Avenue, you, you veer into the park. So then you're in Central Park for a, a couple of miles. And that's a challenge because it's not a road. It's a bridle path kind of thing. So it's very congested, you know, it's narrow. Okay. And uh, so there's a lot more hustling and, and bumping around into people um, during while you're in the park. So it was fun running through the park, but it was tight. Um, and there were wall-to-wall pe -wall people along the along the edges of the path that you're running on. Okay, yeah, that would so, be. Yeah, so that kind of surprised me. I didn't think that I, it'd be that tight that you'd have to weave between people. And also, people are getting tired at that time, so they would just stop like running, and then all of a sudden, they're going to just start walking. So yes. you got to pay attention. They're going to hit people. Someone bumped into me in the back because they, uh, you know, they didn't see me or they looked up. And uh, I was going a little slower and they were going faster. So they kind of, I got hit a couple of times, but then you come out of the park, you're on central park West, uh, which is the last main street. You leave the park and then you go on central park West for a little while. Then you make a right turn and then you enter, re-enter the park. And then the last four, four or 500 meters are uphill. Oh, so wow. you, start up, you start uphill and you finish uphill. So there's, um, you know, couldn't have been worse, right? As far as the way the course is set up, it is. You know, New York is a tough city, and the marathon is is just for that. It's it's tough as well. Well, you so, conquered it, though. Yeah, it was a great feeling. You get into the park, you think you're done. You fast cross the finish line, but because there's so many people and they want to keep you moving, and for congestion, they make you walk another mile before you can actually exit the park and sit down. They won't let you sit down. The people say, "Keep moving." There are lots of volunteers that are um, just coaching you through the park where you can then exit at uh, 72nd Street. So you have to walk almost six city blocks um, to walk it off before you can go into Manhattan and then find the people that are waiting for you. So that was kind of tough, too. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, you, you just that's when you, you just reflect on what you just did and you can't believe it. And 
you know, you get kind of emotional that you just did it. And, uh, you know, running New York City Marathon is a, is a, a bucket list for many. And uh, I'm glad that I will, I've done it. So, yes, I would be too. Yeah. So hopefully you'll get out there one day and you'll have a I would like to list. next year. I'd like yep. to do it. Yeah. Getting, yeah, doing a bucket list marathon is amazing. So now my bucket list is uh, I need to replace that, that item. So what am I going to do next? I don't know, but it'll be something as grand. Uh, you know, maybe Berlin, Tokyo. I'd love to run in Tokyo. That would be awesome. Uh, Berlin, we had one of the guys from my my uh, my track club group out here. He went to Ber he did the Berlin one. Yeah, he loved so, it. Yeah, so Berlin or Berlin or Tokyo would be the next majors that I would like to do. I've done two that I would want to do. One of those two, I did Chicago in twenty twenty two. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I've done two of the six. And uh, did we discuss your feeling and all that kind of stuff for the NYC? Did we already cover that in the last podcast? Yeah, I think we did. Um, oh, I think I, we did. Yeah, yeah. I, I took a gel every five miles, mostly. I took Morton gels um, and caffeinated gels, and fueling was on on pace. Um, I think I, I think I hit that well. I never felt hungry. I I, I did not. I do not think that I dehydrated myself. I think you know the fatigue that I felt was due to just lack of strength in my core and hips and okay. uh, so i'm addressing that so while i'm out here in reno nevada so i am not on the east coast uh, here i am en route to another marathon in about a week at the time of this recording i'll be um getting on the starting line for cim for the second time california international marathon uh, had such a good time last year that i said i want to do this one again so this will be the first marathon that I'm repeating. Okay. So, I'm def I'm more than likely going to make, uh, I'll be out there next year. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's a great race. Uh, we'll see if I do it in 2024. Uh, it depends on what the rest of the fall looks like. Right. Uh, so uh, I am pre-registered for Chicago and I just don't know if I want to do two marathons next fall. I think, uh, but we'll see. Um, yeah. I did two marathons. Yeah, I did two marathons last year uh, in the fall, and th these are a little closer because I did Chicago and CIM. So New York and CIM are a month closer. There's only a month between them. Right. That was a quick turnaround. Right. Yeah, Chicago is t is usually like the first Sunday in October. So I think it was October eighth. So I had almost two months between marathons. Um, it's easier though. I mean, one of the superstitions or what people do is they think. Uh, Hey, if I train for a marathon, can I do a second one right quickly? And the answer is yes, because you're already trained. And right. the answer for what you need to do is really just maintain to let line up for that next one. So you see people who do a marathon a month. Uh, as long as you're don't, you're not injured, uh, you can recover within a couple of weeks and then run another marathon in a month. Uh, I wouldn't say that's for everybody. I think a lot of people think a marathon is, hey, I want to run one marathon a year. Um, but you and I are, we're old men, so we got to get it done. <laughs> right. That's true. So, um, yeah, there's no time like the present. I, I, if I did a marathon a year, I don't know. It takes a while to get into training for a marathon. And I say, hey, well, strike while the fire's hot. Exactly. That's yeah. why I look at it too. Yeah. So I'm in marathon shape right now. So I don't, I, I have, you know, I'm looking forward to running CIM again um, next week. That'll be awesome. And uh, yeah. my marathon, and I'm doing the marathon of Panama City Beach the day before you do your CIM. 
So that'll, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, great weekend for us. Yes. So, uh, yeah, come back for the recap on that. And if we're not there, then something happened. But yes, and send flowers to our, send flowers to our families. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, Sam and I are happy to share our experiences with our December yes. marathons. So, it might be uh, in a hospital, but we'll share it. Nah, no, nah, you'll be good. <laughs> I've had my, I hopefully I had my hospital days are behind me for now. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to be in one again for, for another 10 years. I don't want to be one ever again if I'm going to, you know, yeah. avoid it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I need to, I mean, if I'm, if I'm banged up and that's necessary, I will, but yeah. The best thing to do is go to the gym and do your rehab and don't ever get injured. And uh, I mean, of course, there are circumstances beyond your control, but what you can control is prehab. A lot of people talk about recovery, but uh, especially at our age, getting ready for your races and ready for your runs is the utmost importance. It is. So if everybody listening here can take one lesson out of today, other than the, the the banter that we're going through is take care of yourself before it's before rather than after it's, it's a lot easier and it's probably going to be more, more economical. Um, it's usually it's more expensive to fix something than it is to keep it in shape. Well said, Scott. Yeah. So speaking of that, I'll, I'll just want to end that. Um, something that I discovered this past week while I was out here in Reno, now I had some back discomfort from finishing New York, and I was just looking for modalities to reduce the stress on that pain. And Scott is now a proponent of an ancient Chinese um, technique called acupuncture. So I've been to an acupuncturist three times in the last five days, and I have to say that it definitely helps relax the big muscles in my low back and glute. Um, it's it's not overnight, but you know, maybe twenty four to forty eight hours after the uh, the procedure or the technique is accomplished, um, you, you feel better. It's very relaxing. Um, yeah, they're tiny little needles. They, you can feel them going in, but they don't hurt. Right. Um, I do have a photo that I'll I'll post in the video of all the needles in my back, and there were like upwards of forty needles in my in my back at and back and 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 legs at one time. Because I asked how many are in there, and the woman the woman said, uh, "I think we put in about 40. Wow! I said, "Wow!" I said, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so well, if, uh, if it's helping you out, you know, then, yeah. uh, let it be a note to other people that they run into anything like that. Go ahead; it's not going to hurt. Uh, give it a shot and see how it feels. Yeah, no pun intended. Give it a shot. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay, give it a stick and uh, see yeah. what happens. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so it, it was great. Um, uh, shout out to the acupuncturist. His name was the uh, the bearded dragon acupuncturist, and a guy named Doctor Nick. I'm sorry, Nick. I don't remember your last name. Uh, I'll, I'll post that in the show notes. If you're in the Reno area, uh, Doctor Nick is a good guy to get uh, stuck by. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was it was very helpful. I went. I guess I went three four days ago. And yesterday was Thanksgiving, and I was able to complete a 10K turkey trot without any pain, where on Monday of this past week, I, it, it hurt to walk down the curb. Right, but it's definitely helped you out then. Okay, so with, within a week's time, I've, I was able to recover and uh, get ready for 
you know, the next most important race day event um, this year. And you did quite well in that turkey trot, didn't you? Yeah, I think so. Um, just from finishing, I finished, I, I ran about an 8.30 average pace and finished under 55 minutes, um, which is, you know, pretty close to my fastest ever, which was about two years ago. So uh, I felt good about it. Um, it was uh, it was a good time. The weather was really nice. It was a little bit cold, so I ran with gloves and a couple shirts. But there were some people out there that ran in shorts and t-shirts. And uh, you always have certain people. I don't care how cold it is. They yeah, yeah. I'm not one of them. That's for sure. No. The best race kit I saw was a guy running in a full, um, blown up inflatable sumo costume. So that was a sumo, he was a sumo wrestler he was really really wide and he was kind of bouncing around and his you know the, the the suit was bouncing and i saw him a couple of times and everybody who saw him got a big laugh out of that <laughs> uh, and uh, the only other costume i saw yesterday was uh, someone dressed as spider-man uh, oh full, full full thing with the mask he never took the mask off either even after he crossed the finish line and the kids loved it because you know, there were a lot of little kids out there. So the kids took pictures with the guy, with the person dressed as Spider-Man. And so that was fun. Yes, that would have been. Yeah. So yesterday's 10K. So usually turkey trots are 5Ks, but here they do a 10K turkey trot. Twice the fun. And uh, third time I'm doing that, um, it's put on by a sporting goods store here in the, in the Reno area called Shields. And uh, they do a pretty good job of organizing the race. Uh, it's a pretty good course, very flat, and uh, was it a good size turnout? Yeah, well attended. Um, I think there were 500 people that ran the 10K. That's a good yeah. one. That's a good amount. Yeah, uh, they also had a two-mile walk run for for little kids and other others that didn't want to really race but just wanted to get out and do something. So they had a two-miler and a 10K. Okay. Yeah, so it was pretty good. They had some music and snacks at the afterwards. I didn't stay too long. I was kind of cold. So I wanted to get home. So I finished the race, chatted with a few people, took some pictures for my profile and Instagram, and then came home and started the recovery process for the day and get ready for dinner. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. Yeah. I saw someone sent a picture of the bird that you made, and that looked fantastic. I imagine oh, yeah. it did better than it looked. No, it came out really good. It's uh, yeah. about four hours in the smoker with uh, apple yeah. wood and cherry wood. Yeah. If people don't know, uh, Sam is a gourmet outdoor cook. So if he can make it outside, he's the, he's the guy you want to go to. I don't know if you have a kitchen, but every time you cook something. Oh, we do, but I, I do. All my, I, got a, I got two smokers in the back, and they uh, – a good size grill that's on natural gas yeah so you're an outdoor cook so sam's your yeah, friend well, I, I, I can cook. do both okay maybe, well, maybe if you ever get down talk. this way i'll treat you okay you and your wife. okay i appreciate that yeah we're looking forward to coming hungry um definitely so all right we're into the holidays um did you shop for anything while over black friday or anything come to come to your house of course yeah all right so let me know what it is or is um, it I, got, I got some of the, uh, more of the uh, Swiss RX recovery uh, okay. powder that was on sale. So I, I grabbed that and I did get those Engo glasses. Right. I Good just shiny. have to set it up with my, my garment. I get, it will automatically goes to Strava. Yeah. But I want to set up for my, my, my watch. Okay. Good. 
So it's they're okay. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to do a maybe I'll do a review of those. Um, yeah, in the uh, upcoming episode. Coach B is uh, I sent him all this because he was interested in it. Yeah, yeah. It does look like an interesting product. I like to see what happens when you run with it. What your experience is with uh, something in front of you to look at. Right. So it'd be interesting to hear how that either affects or doesn't affect your uh, your running. Well, I'm going to be trying it out next week because I want to use it on the, the uh, Panama City Beach Marathon. So Okay. Well, certainly try it before. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Next week, I'm going to start messing with it and yeah. get used to it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, oh, we were going to talk about that. I'll mention what I bought, and then we'll, we'll get into the superstitions. And there's something interesting that you just said that I just reminded myself of. The only thing that I purchased, and it wasn't a really Black Friday deal, but I'm a member of REI, and they sent out all their REI members a 20% coupon. And I've been wanting this device for a while, so I purchased the Hyper Ice heated um, massage head. And I'll show it to you, Sam, in a second. Let me get it. Okay. So what it is, it's a, it's, it goes on your massage gun but it's but it's heated and i thought that this was an interesting component to have for my massage gun so here it is it's just a massage it's just a head that plugs into your massage gun but when you turn it on the power button you know kind of lights up there and then you set the setting that's one two three and this is already warm oh wow nice so, so while it's going over your muscles, it's also giving you some heat therapy as well. And yeah, it's already warm and it'll stay warm. You know, it, it stays on for like 15 minutes before it automatically powers off. Um, it's USB chargeable and um, Hyperice sells this for $59. And I was able to get it for 20% off from REI. So I said, speaking of that prehab, I use my massage gun, my Hypervolt Pro, almost every day. Yeah, it's hot now. Oh, good. Okay. It's not burning hot, and it won't burn you hot, but it's warm. I would say it's warm. Well, that's a good so, purchase for the price, too. Yeah, so at 20% off, so, you know, about 50 bucks shipped, um, I was able to pick this up. And that's the only thing that I really bought um, running-related. Uh, I did get some additional element which is a, a, a recovery uh, powder that I like. So they had a promo um, to get it. It wasn't a different price, but you, you received a sample pack included with any box purchase. So you got some free product at the same price. So those are the only two things that I had purchased. Oh, and I guess earlier last week, we both bought Wallaco. Um, yes, we did. Heights. And so those also came in. So Sam and I yeah. both um we're both vips with wallaco so we were able to get early bird black friday specials we received our pants way before black friday yeah i've been using them out the last couple last two days i've been using the, the uh the full length ones yeah i also have yeah. a pair of the shorts but they're nice they're really really nice yeah yeah wallaco makes great stuff so i i did purchase the the wallaco pants that uh, are already here and i'll and I wear those tomorrow I believe you're the one that uh, turned me on to those. Yeah. Yeah, I've been following them for a while. I have a, a bunch of their stuff. I have some of their tops. Um, their Highline hoodie is really fantastic. I wore that uh, two days ago when I ran outside. 
and um, yeah, the Fulton the Fulton tights are great, and the distance half tight is my marathon tight. Um, I wore that in New York, and I'm going to wear it again on CIM. It's I'll be it's wearing a, that next week too. Yeah, it's a great it's a great product. So uh, I, they're expensive, but they're going to last a long time. I think yes. the original ones that I bought five years ago still look the same. So it's an investment, but uh, you know you get what you pay for. It is a true statement, and uh, you do. Especially, yeah. especially with the running stuff, you do. Yeah, yeah. Some stuff you know you can only wear for a couple times or a month or so, and you just throw away twenty dollars, and then you're buying it again. So you, you spend a little bit more, and then you get to keep it for a long, long time. Right. So, uh, but that reminds me of superstitions. About one of the number one racing superstition is that I think everybody's heard is nothing new on race day. Mm hmm. Yeah. I broke that rule twice yesterday. <laughs> well, it worked out for you. It worked out. So the idea was I brought my, I brought shoes that I want to run CIM in and I did not get the opportunity to run in them yet. So yesterday I raced in a brand new pair of shoes that I wore for the very first time. And that's the uh, Saucony Endorphins uh, Pro 3. Okay. Uh, so I've had those shoes for a while and because of injuries and things i did not even run in them up until yesterday so they won't be new for cim but they were new on race day yesterday and also the pants the the wallaco pants that i just purchased even though I, i've had a pair before those were brand new and so two things were new yesterday so the nothing new on race day doesn't count for turkey trots that's true <laughs> okay so maybe nothing doing race day only only counts for race you know serious races who knows but uh yeah it was, a good, it was a good way to put the you know to test the shoes out they're fantastic i can't wait to wear them again next sunday uh they have the right shoe for me i like they're firm yet squishy at the same time they i, I just like the the carbon keeps you keeps you grounded um, but they are the heel is soft, so if you do step in the heel a little bit, they're still going to be um, forgiving. So yeah, Dorfman Pro Three and very light. So um, normally I would race run in Vaporflies. That's what I've been doing most of my marathons in. So um, I think all prior marathons have been in Nike shoes. Uh huh. But uh, mine have been too. Yeah, Chicago and CIM. I ran in the Alpha Fly, the same shoe. And I didn't even bring the Alpha Fly out with me here. I'll I'll probably save that the new Alpha Flies that I just purchased probably for the New York half, or maybe I'll just run it. Maybe I'm an endorphin guy now, and the Pro Four yeah. might be out by then, and I'll probably get that. So, uh, what other superstitions do you kind of uh, have you heard of that you can either debunk or agree on? Well, I know there's one about on race day as far as socks go. Would you put your left one first or your right one in first? Yeah. Yeah. I always put my left foot one on, even See? not on race day. I always put, yeah. I guess and it's just people, you too. Swear, some people swear by it. Yeah. If they put the right one on by accident first, they think Take they're it. not going to have that good of a race. Yeah. So that's interesting. So are you a left right also? I'm a left right. I okay. just always have one. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I do a caution um, purposely. Oh, what about shoe though? Do you do shoe left, right also? You know what? I really haven't thought about that. Um, I probably do. I probably do the same thing though, left, right. I know for a fact that I do shoe right, left. Okay. 
And the reason why I know that is because I use a Caro's pod and I always put it on the left foot and I put the right shoe on. And then I remember I put the pod on the, the, the shoe and then I put the shoe on. Okay. Uh, and the only reason why I do that is I think that oh, I'm not, it's going to be you, it's going to be on my foot less. So the battery is going to be used less. That makes sense. <laughs> Maybe that in my mind, I think that. Now listen to how smart I am. I I remembered all the stuff for my runs and everything, but I forgot the Carlos Pod charger, and it is completely out of battery. So the Pod did not get worn yesterday, and it won't get worn on CIM. What's good about the Pod, if you have one, is it tells you um, instant pace. So when you look down at your watch, and it tells you the pace you're going. That's the pace you're going at that moment, where. Oh. The watch itself has about a 10, 15 second delay. So when you look at it, that was the pace I did, you know, 15 seconds ago, not the pace I'm doing now. So uh, that's a, ben a nice benefit of the pod because you can make quick real time adjustments to your pace if you think you're going too fast or too slow. Wow, you know, I've, I've never really heard of those before. Yeah, so I, the pod does that because it's on, I guess it's closer to the ground and it, it's moving it's moving more it's moving the, it makes, it makes at the pace of your legs and your you know your your legs are is what is what is being tracked for pacing not your arms right right so the, the otherwise the gps is telling you how fast you're going so the jeep the watch gets the gps signal and it says okay how far did he go the last 15 seconds now i know how fast he was going okay so uh, it can't be done in in, in close to real time and i don't know if that's true for every watch if, if that's true for garmin and polar and watches but that's true for the Carlos watch that i have okay that's interesting yeah so uh yeah i always that's it's only a superstition or tradition for me i always put the pod on the left foot okay i don't know if it matters or not but i do that how about if you're using your race day shoes do you clean them the night before which is another superstition um, I, I like guess I do, down. I do look at them and make sure that there's no rocks in them. And there's, uh, I, I guess I investigate them or I inspect them. That's the word, but I don't necessarily, oh, you don't like clean them, clean them. No, I haven't done that before. No, but I do. Did I have clean, read, yeah. Have you read people clean their shoes? I, before? I, yes. And they honestly think they will not run a, a their personal best if they don't clean their shoes. Okay. And it all breaks down into psychological. Yeah. And when I, they yeah. get the race where they don't think they're doing well, they said, I should have cleaned my shoes. Okay. Or I should have put my shoes, my socks on left, no, left and then right. Left, right, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Okay. That one, now I'm going to have to think about that one next weekend, if, how I do that. Um, one thing I do before races, I double or double count the gels and I'll lay them out and be able to see them all before I put them in my pocket. So I know how many I'm going to take and I will count them multiple times before I start putting them in my pocket. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You're just triple, triple, make, triple, making sure you got what you yeah. got. Yeah. So it's a triple check. So in a marathon, if I'm going to bring five gels, I'll put all five out and zip and count I'll do three, four, five, and then, then put them in my pocket to make sure that I have as many. Some people say always um, they're superstitious about taking an extra gel because they think they might drop one yes well i have dropped one before yeah 
See, I haven't dropped one before, so I guess I haven't I haven't considered taking an extra one. But I always seem to either miscount or when I'm done with my race, I still have one in my pocket. So maybe I do take an extra one. Maybe it's you just don't realize yeah. you're doing it, but you do. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know I dropped one until the guy that was passing me ran next to me and gave me my gel bag. He said, "Just fell out of your pocket." Well, I was like, "Amazing!" Oh, thank you. He stopped and pick it up. That's oh, that's he did. Nice. nice guy. Yeah, because no, you know, you're running. I'm not. I don't. You know, if I found a, a quarter on the floor I, or a dollar on the ground, I I don't think I'd stop to pick it up. No, I would not. Yeah. Not when you're in your zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you see, you see things like sunglasses and hats, and say, oh, but you're not going to pick that up while you're running. Someone dropped it. They didn't want it. Right. What other ones you know of? Hmm. Some people, um, well, I don't know if this is a superstition or a tradition, but I always um, start my race with my hat rim backwards. So okay. I always start like that for some reason. I like starting with my hat rim backwards. And at some point when it gets a little sunnier out, especially if I'm starting in the morning, I don't necessarily need it in my here. Unless it's raining, then I want the brim in front of my eyes to catch the catch the rain but i'll start with my hat backwards and then at some point i'll flip it with the brim in the front and that's okay. more of a that's more of a just a habit than a tradition i guess for me it's a tradition i just i, I always start with the hat and the, the brim in the back well that, that's actually functional that way yeah that's more for function than it is for superstition or tradition um Can't think of anything else. I'm sure there are many others, but um, I'm trying to see what I can find on this real quick without taking too much time. Okay, um, wearing your lucky shirt or shorts or socks. Yeah, and it states in here that people that don't wear their lucky shirt or socks, even though they're doing the same race again or whatever, they feel they will not get a personal best. Yeah, and there's even lucky underwear. For those that wear underwear but there's actually people will wear people wear their lucky underwear i had lucky underwear in college but i wore it for a completely different reason <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> uh yeah uh there's also race hair uh race day hairdos uh getting your hair the way that you think you do your personal best in yeah I think I that. Oh, bit yeah. numbers. Okay. Yeah, bit numbers. Um, yeah. Some runners believe that if they get an even numbered race bib, they're going to do. They're going to have a good day, and if not, their race will not will be out of their hands, and they'll have to leave it to fate. Okay. And same with the racing pins. Some people have their 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 uh, safety pins, the same ones that will just use those strictly for race day, and they've had them for years, and that's their lucky okay. pins. Yeah. So it really breaks down into some strange things, but yeah. I guess we all have our our areas. You know, I do have something about pins. At some one race somewhere, I was handed instead of most of the safety pins are silver in color. Mm -hmm. uh, but somewhere at a at an expo, it might have been like my first or second uh, marathon. Someone let you uh, yet you were able to choose gold plated pins they kind of looked gold and i saved those 
and I used to use those for all my races, but I guess I had forgotten about them. But I do have four gold-colored pins. Okay. So you uh, always kept those for your race day at one time. I kept them, and my my plan was to just use those on race day. But, you know, the race day always give you pins. and Right. Um, what do you do with the pins when you're done with the race? Do you throw them away or you save them? Uh, actually, I have the uh, magnetic ones that just clip onto the bib now. So I don't, uh, I don't even use pins anymore. Okay, yeah, I don't, the, the, yeah, the magnet, I don't have that yeah. yet. So, yeah, they're uh, nice, and they, I've never, I've never had a problem with them. They've always been very secure and take them right off. Okay. So yeah, there are a couple, couple, couple companies that make those. I think bib boards is one of them. Yeah, I think I got mine at the expo in, uh, for the Nashville Marathon. Okay. I don't own those. I've, I've been, I'm kind of traditional with the safety pins and I have this little tiny little Ziploc bag that I have every pin from every race. I've saved so them. So you are superstitious. So I am superstitious. I saved them. So the race from yesterday before the uh, pins are actually over there, they're still in the bib. Uh, I tend to save the bib numbers as well. And oh, I do too. I just save my I put those in a folder. Um, I used to write down my finish time on them, but now that everything is electronic and I can find the finish time, you know, yes. in, in Strava or in Caros or on Run Sign Up, um, most of the races you can go back and find your results. So I, I don't write the finish times on the bibs anymore. Um, I have you know close to fifty of them. The good thing about that is if someone said, "How many races have you done?" Rather than go use a computer, I can just go to that folder and. Yeah, there you go. That's a good idea. And count the bibs. Right. So one day I'll do that. Maybe for our next one, we'll have a, uh, we'll see how many, who has the most bibs. Not that there's any. Oh, I'm sure you got more than I do. Yeah, I guess I started running a couple of years before you. Yeah. Um, so I might have a couple more than you. And that's oh, I'm if, sure I you do. if I save them all. Um, we could also count our medals, but uh, the only medals that I keep are the marathon medals, all the half marathon and 10K medals. Those are in a shoebox somewhere, and I just <laughs> and I just they're, they're in the house. But uh, I wouldn't mind donating them. A few years ago, I talked, I tried to see if someone would want them as a donation. I could not find anybody who would take my race medals. You know, I thought maybe kids would want them for something, right? In a you know, in a hospital, but I couldn't find a good place to uh, to donate them. Well, just keep them and give them to your son someday. Yeah, they're not going to want them, but well, probably. You know, but still, you never know. <laughs> yeah. But the, the six marathon medals that I have to date, I'm, I've all are on display in my office. Yes, that's awesome. Anyway, yeah. But I got my wife got me a, a medal holder, so I got all my medals. Uh, all the races I've done are up on on that hanger she got me. Yeah, yeah. My, mine's kind of made up. I don't have an official medal holder. It's just a it's a piece of metal that holds yeah. metal. Yeah, she got this for me uh, probably about six months ago. Okay. Yeah, I look so at them. Well, once I wouldn't have got it, but she got it for me, so I'm using it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, you know, I look at them once in a while, so they're in my office, and if I ever just feel like looking at it and thinking about them, or yeah. if someone asks me, uh, you know, but I clearly have a favorite medal right now, which is my my newest medal that I've. Oh, I, I, I yeah, this one is. Someday I can get one of those from the New York City. This one's special. It was great. That is awesome. So you're racing again in a week? Yes, day before yours. 
And that's that, in Panama uh, City, right? Panama City Beach. And yes, that's my repeat. This will be the third, my third time doing it. Okay. So you're a three-peater. Okay. So I just three-peated three this one. I three-peated the Shields 10K. So it was the third time that I did this in a row. And I don't know if there'll be a, if I don't think this is the word, but I don't think I'm going to do it a fourth time. I think I would rather take Thanksgiving and there are a lot of trails around here and I haven't had the opportunity to run on trails. So the reason why, the reason, but I haven't run trails because here's a superstition. Um, I'm afraid to run on trails before a marathon. And I don't know if that's, superstition or i'm just smart and cautious i thought you are you worried about getting injured doing it yeah i mean yeah that's being cautious and smart yeah, yeah. so i am not running on trails uh, as much as i'd love to go on the big you know the, there are lots of nice trails here around reno and lake tahoe um because of cim i have enough right. I, have, I have enough just to keep this body um injury free without actually putting it into harm's way right I, I think that's a smart thing to do personally yeah so um i am not going to get to do trails again this year uh, if i come back here again next year and i'm not in cim then i will hit some trails absolutely i would too i love trail yeah. running and i haven't done it in because i got races coming up been coming yeah. up so I, I, don't, I don't go to the trails right now yeah so perhaps i'll do some trail running and it, when you get to montana you're going to want to do some trail running oh yes oh yes uh, it's there the trails there are fantastic um, yes uh, yes they're super fantastic um i love running in the woods in whitefish montana so that experience yeah so hopefully we're going to see each other then in may of 2024 in beautiful whitefish montana uh, home of the whitefish marathon um and uh i've already done it and i've told Sam about it and he's just wanted to run in Montana. So he's already signed up. I filled out the registration page. I just did not hit the submit button yet. So push um, that button, Scott, push it, push that button. So that's a good way to end this one. So, Hey, everybody, if you're thinking about that race, push that button, get it yes. done, get it on the list. That'll motivate you for training over the cold winter. Uh, if it's cold where you are, it's not cold where Sam is most of the time. But uh, if it's cold where you are, find a way to get out there and, you know, push that button and that'll that'll make you get out there. So um, I think we're going to say goodbye for now. Any last words, Sam? I don't. I uh, hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. And uh, me and Scott will be back in a couple of weeks with a recap of our both our marathons. Yes. So uh, stay tuned in a couple of weeks for the the Christmas podcast special. Uh, Sam said he will be wearing his Santa outfit costume. So are you going to dress up an elf? I'll be the elf. If, you, okay. if you're the Santa, I'll be the elf. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. You take care, Thank Scott. You. Okay. Bye.